the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, are you in the mood for a good dog story with a happy ending? Okay, this couple, they go to the beach, and they're playing on the sand with their three-year-old golden retriever named Chuck. Okay. He went missing. Oh, no. He was gone for over two weeks. And then these joggers were jogging by, and they looked over, and they're like, is that a dog swimming out there in the bay? And they're like, yeah. So they called animal control. The dog swam two more miles, and finally... They were able to rescue him. State troopers did it, actually. And uh, Chuck, uh, he's reunited with his family. He's so happy. He was ecstatic. Wonder where he went. Where'd you go, Chuck? And like, was he swimming that whole time? (laughs) There's no way. It's a long time to doggy paddle. Yeah. um, Was he trying to swim home? I'm thinking he was swimming because that's his instinct. He said he's a golden retriever, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what they do. He probably thought there was something out there for him to get and bring back to shore. Dogs oh. like our dogs that we have that are hunting dogs. You, they I mean, they are just bred for that kind of. Thing. Mm-hmm. Our dogs see a squirrel out of the window, and oh my gosh, you, you, you'd think it was a revival, and Jesus came back. Yeah. They just go nuts. My dog must have been bred then to eat tea and crumpets or something because she's <laughs> so fancy. <laughs> our greyhounds. They lie. Gray, it's funny that people nickname greyhounds 45 mile per hour couch potatoes because they will sleep all day. But you put them outside, they run sprints for like, I don't know, 90 seconds and then they're done. Just that's what they're bred to do. I wish I was bred that way. (laughs) To run fast for 90 seconds. 90 seconds, all I need. Exercise done. (laughs) Okay, you don't have to answer this out loud. Coming up, does your home need to be decluttered? (laughs) My part of it, yes. <laughs> no one else's, but I got a lot of junk, yes. Hey, does your home need to be de- decluttered? You don't have to answer that out loud. Mm. You would think after Marie Kondo, people swap, you know, swapping donation sites like Goodwill with their stuff, we'd be all set, right? Mm. Well, this is pretty surprising. <laughs> New survey revealed that our homes got more cluttered during the pandemic <laughs> because we had time to online shop and right. buy more home decor, kitchen stuff, and personal all items. That, all that Amazon stuff's got to go somewhere. Yep. <laughs> of us say we have so much stuff in our homes, it's hard to find places to put it all. Mm. That's why the storage unit business is thriving, right? That's true. Yeah, mm, yeah, That'd be interesting. If you had to plus minus it from the the pandemic, do you have more stuff now or less stuff Mm. than when it all began? More or less? I'll tell you what, in our house, because I could probably make an argument either way. (laughs) I'm willing to fess up. But I'll give you an assessment. Okay, you fess up and I'll fess up and we'd love to hear you fess up too. Do you have more stuff or less stuff post-COVID? So how's the clutter situation in your house as we come out of the uh, COVID situation? Do you have more stuff or less stuff than when we started the whole thing? We'd love to hear from you. Hey, Grace, it's Kevin and Taylor. Thanks for hanging out with us. And we're talking about plus minus of stuff in, stuff out. During the COVID pandemic, are you at the end of it? Are you more cluttered or less cluttered than when we started? Definitely more cluttered uh, because I I had a baby throughout the pandemic. So I have uh, more toys. 
a lot of songs and it's not overly cluttered because of her. Yeah, it's, it's very hard to be simplistic when you have a baby in the family. Yes. <laughs> you need everything. Yes. Huh. yes. Now, is, uh, it, was your Amazoning way through the roof over the past year or so? It really was. <laughs> yes. And now she's going to be one, so it's going to be a little bit more. Because as she's growing, she's getting more stuff. So, oh, so you're saying yeah. no end in sight. The clutter is going to continue. That's the way it goes when you have a baby. Of course, yeah. the clutter gets bigger. <laughs> All right, well, you sound like you a great mom. Thanks for calling. We'll and talk to you later. You. Happy first birthday, right. your baby. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you so much. <laughs> bye bye. Talking about clutter and what's your house like? They said that, you know, we all got rid of stuff during COVID that we were making these multiple trips to Goodwill, getting rid of stuff. But what is the plus minus for you? There are the same people that said that are also saying we got more stuff now than ever. I blame Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) It's not us, right? (laughs) But it's all that clicking and, you know, putting it in your cart and getting one day delivery and stuff. I'd say in our house, it's probably it's probably a wash. Really? I think it's I think it's the same it was beforehand. Okay. But the purge is continuing. Yeah. So. Well, for me, I can proudly say for the first time in my life, less clutter. And it's only because we moved and I was on a mission <laughs> not to move boxes of stuff that you never get into. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I get rid of clothes that I never wear. Um, my husband took so many books to Goodwill Finally, like one of the trips, they said, no more. We're not accepting you. They literally turned him away. So he had to go to a different Goodwill um, because he loves his Kindle now. He still loves to Uh. read. But I'm like you said, I'm not done. I still like there's certain clothes where I don't know if you women go through this where I just haven't had that day where emotionally I'm ready to try on all those jeans right. to see if they still fit or not. So those are just all hanging in my closet. Right. And as long as you don't try them on in your head, mm-hmm. they still fit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because that moment when they won't go over your hips is, is a low point. And uh, then I also have, there's still some clutter in our garage that I got to deal with. We're still a work in progress there. So, mm. But overall, but overall you're plus minus, yeah, you're like, saying you're minus. For the first time in my life, I was like... Nobody give me, I don't, for lack of a better term, no knickknacks for gifts. Please do not give me mm. little tchotchkes because I'm, it's less dusting when you have less Trying knick-knacks. to live a tchotchke free life. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you do know that you're going to get tchotchkes from us now. <laughs> Great. Because <laughs> you said don't give them to you. Okay, so you ever wonder if the celebrity or the person is the same when you meet him? For example, I oh, always yeah. want to know if a comedian is really that funny in person. And I saw a tweet the other day that I think proves, yes, they are. It was Steve Martin. Okay. And he said when he goes to restaurants, he likes to randomly walk by a table and go, hey, thanks for picking up the check. (laughs) Back when you were single, what were you looking for in a potential spouse? Coming up, this trait is super sought after these Mm. days. Okay, think back to when you were single. What were you looking for in a future spouse? Good looks, kindness, good sense of humor. Well, this trait is super sought after these days in a potential partner. Someone who can cook. I thought you were going to say someone who can take good selfies. <laughs> no. <laughs> Four in ten of you've us. you got your Instagram feed to worry about. <laughs> Four in ten people admit finding a date, uh, finding out that a date has cooking skills 
is like, oh, whoo, is it hot in here? And I just find out you can cook. Um, so I guess if you want your kids to get married, you'll give your kids, grandkids, and start teaching them to cook now. Hmm. You know, if you want grandkids, like, okay, today's lesson is sauteing. My, my wife has told our daughters that, and they get highly woke offended when she says... I'm telling you, if you want your guy to be happy, you want to keep him around, Mm -hmm. the way to his heart is through his stomach. You learn to be a great cook, you got no worries. And And they they get so offended by that. They're like, Mom, there's more to a relationship than that. And she's like, as she puts my plate of food down, she's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I have a friend, and she is in love with her husband, and he loves to cook. Mm. He won't even pretty much let her in the kitchen. It's his domain. Yeah. And he doesn't like when she intrudes. So she never, ever has to worry about grocery shopping or cooking ever. Mm. What do you think, ladies? Would love to hear from you. I would love to hear specifically from the ladies. What do you think? A guy being able to cook? Is that something you're like, ooh, mm. that, that, that's, that's hot. I like that. Mm. So we would love to hear from you. Is it uh, is it attractive if your better half is a great cook? Hey, Diane, it's Kevin and Taylor. So you probably weren't surprised when you found out one of the number one traits people look for in a spouse is cooking skills. Not at all, but my husband is a Waffle House district manager, so he commands the kitchen all the time. Uh-huh. In, in fact, for Christmas, we bought him one of those um, Blackstone grills. He can cook just like he does at work. So when he's <laughs> cooking, do you find that a very attractive thing? Yeah, oh, heck yeah. When I come home, my salad's ready. He's cooking chicken. He's cooking steak. He's cooking pork chop. I mean, he's, he's really good at it, too. So that's ah. nice. He doesn't even have to wear the uh, kiss the cook apron. You're going to do it anyway. Yeah. It's wonderful. (laughs) It's great. He's the better grocery shopper. He gets the better sales. If I go grocery shopping, he checks my thing. He says, now you could have gotten better. I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So he's he's much better at all of it. So That's awesome, Diane. And I got to ask, does he make good waffles too? He does. And do you know, my (laughs) oldest son is also a rock star cook now. And he's been at Waffle House since he was 16. He's 21 now. And he can outcook anybody, honestly, in the region. So wow. I've got That's two awesome. good cooks in my family. Look at that. Uh, thanks for calling, Diane. What a great you family. Guys, Take you guys care. Have a great day. Katie, so what do you think? Is it like uh, super attractive if a guy knows how to cook, knows his way around the kitchen? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, <laughs> when I, like, in college, when I was in college, you know, whenever guys would be, like, cooking food, there'd be a horde of girls around them. <laughs> like, just, like... Just because it's, it's, it's like they were giving away money. Like, it, it was crazy. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, I was one of them. But, like, you know, <laughs> I just think it's, it's, if you tell me you know how to cook, you're already in the win column. There yeah. you go. So you're, you're still single. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Maybe the very best place that Katie can go to meet the man of her dreams is take a cooking class. I mean, I have thought of that before, you know, and we'll see. I think they might kick. The thing is, I don't have the cooking skills, so I think that's I, that's why the other reason why because my kids would eat mac and cheese every night. So I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd make it. I don't know if I'd make it through the cooking class. All, right, all we need to do is find you a Christian cooking class, and you're you're off to the races. <laughs> hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood. Story of the day. Good news. 
Could you donate your kidney to a complete stranger? I mean, it's one thing to find out about a loved one who needs Mm -hmm. your kidney. Uh, Well, Mark is from Wisconsin and was on vacation in Louisiana when he met a complete stranger at a local brewery in need of a kidney. And get his response to when he found out. I really didn't think about it. It just came out that, hey, I can give you one of mine. Hmm. Can you imagine? That's that's the attitude we should all have, right? Mark is a cyclist, and he rode his bike from Wisconsin to Louisiana to raise awareness about organ donation. Wow. So he donates his kidney, but he doesn't stop there. Right. Then he rides his bike across multiple states to, to raise awareness of all this. It's just incredible. That's pretty cool. I hate to have to do this, but Kev... You were right. There was something that was going on. Wait, can you say that again? Kev, you were right. There was something going on in the news during the pandemic. And you're like, no, no way. There is no No way. way. There is no way. And you were right. So I'll tell you what it was in just a minute. Take that, science. (laughs) (laughs) Cannot wait to hear what you have to share with us that I was right about something. Because this is a rarity. As much as it pains me, Kev, you were right. So remember during the height of the pandemic, they were talking about all the different meat shortages. And then you would go to the grocery store and you're like, I don't get it. Bacon's like buy one, get one one free. free. Like it's in plentiful supply. And I had no clue because I don't really, I don't buy a whole lot of meat. Right. But you'd see Um, on the news, they would show an empty refrigerator case yeah. and the bacon shortage and then I'd go to the grocery store and it's buy one get one and it's stocked full and I was like okay some, there's a disconnect here turns out you my friend were right there was no pork or beef shortage I knew it there is a federal lawsuit I knew it the I knew company it. I knew it. made up the shortage mm. to take advantage of our fears during the pandemic and get us to buy more meat Wow. Yeah. Look it's at a, that. a company called Smithfield Foods in Lincoln, Nebraska. And uh, yeah, they misled consumers about the state of the meat supply chain. Um, and they did have a breakout of COVID-19 at the plant and it did shut but down. But there affect- was a reserve supply uh-huh. that we would never have been in danger See? of running out of meat. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I hate to feed that aspect of your personality <laughs> that questions everything. I should be an investigative reporter. That's all. That's the all there is to it. Federal lawsuit. I don't know what the like the fine is going to be or what what's going to happen, but yeah, you were right. No shortage. Who gets who gets the money from the federal lawsuit? Do I, the consumer, for going crazy and buying up all the bacon, <laughs> get, uh, get money back? I don't know. I, that's a great question. I kind of hope it just goes it, to help people who have a hard time getting meat because they can't it all afford just it. Go to the government and they'll go, believe, believe, believe. That's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I was really trying to think through how I know to get you're a, really proud get of a that. Porky the pig in there somewhere. He's, he's it's pretty good, Porky the pig, too, I have to admit. And then, believe, believe, believe. That's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> now do that voice and say that there's a pork shortage. Believe, believe, believe. There's a pork shortage. <laughs> They should have hired you. Yeah, bacon's buy one, get one free. Ooh, don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Porky's your friend, not food. (laughs) All right, if it's music to your ears, I'll say it one more time because it doesn't happen often. You were right, Kev. All right. Can you imagine what it would be like growing up as a quadruplet? 
No. I mean, my sisters are twins, so I have a, vision, a first, you know, front row seat to that. But yeah. to have four, like, replicas of each other walking around the universe right. would be so bizarre. We're going to talk about that next. So can you imagine what it's like to grow up as a quadruplet? I mean, hard for people to get to know you. You're just kind of lumped in. There's the, yeah. always the four of you. First day of school. Wait a minute. Yeah. Which one are you? <laughs> and so get this. Four quadruplets just graduated from Yale all wow. in the same year. Wow. And this is what is so fascinating to me about the story. I mean, they are brainiacs. Like Nick went for political science with a minor in Arabic Zach double majored in chemical engineering and economics. Wow. Nigel received his degree in molecular, cellular, and developmental biology. And Aaron double majored in computer science and psychology. But get this. They didn't see each other on campus. Huh. Because they're all in different subjects. So they, their paths they, wouldn't cross? Yeah. And they, for the first time in their lives, were really just... For once, enjoying having their own identity. Could you imagine, though, if you went to school there and you see one on one end of the campus and then you're on the other end for something like a social activity? You're like, wait a minute. Yeah, there's a whole documentary about that. (laughs) These guys were they were they were like quads separated and they didn't know there were other ones. (laughs) And yeah, there's a whole it's a whole big thing. But anyway, these guys, congratulations. Their parents must be so proud. No kidding. Okay, listen up. Going to make you the smartest kid at the office today with just one of these little factoids you can share. And people go, no way. Because when I read it, read it yesterday, that was my reaction. The same guy that wrote this. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Chitty, bang, bang. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Chitty, bang, bang. The story, Chitty, Chitty, Bang, Bang, is also the guy that wrote... The James Bond books, Ian Fleming. He's I had got no quite idea. a range. I had wow. no idea that he wrote both. And it kind of makes sense. I mean, think of James Bond, all the gadgets that James has, and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is a it's a gadget car, right? Yeah. And he wrote it because he he had an operation or an illness or something, so they said you need to rest and recover. No typewriter. You cannot take a typewriter with you as you recover. So he hand wrote the story for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang while he was sitting around in his imagination, just running wild in the hospital. Isn't that crazy? Oh, that's wild. So, same guy that wrote James. Wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> That's no time. Man, when I was a kid, I did not like that movie. You ever seen that movie? Uh, I think I've only seen Isn't it something about a flying car? I think I've yeah, seen bits is, and they, pieces they, of they it. They fly their car to this land where kids are outlawed and there's a child catcher. And I, he used to oh come on gosh. the screen and I would run from the living room. And I'd peek around the corner. Is he gone yet? Is he gone yet? I just, I can't believe some of the movies that were, quote, kids So movies. his range isn't really that far. It's very <laughs> right? similar. There's still an evil bad guy, right? Yeah. It's time of the show where uh, Griffin comes in and joins us. Yeah, he's our producer. He's got a wife, Sarah, and a five-year-old and a four-year-old. And he was sharing with us a couple of days ago on the show that the, uh, the icy or Kona snow ice, cone? the snow cone. Yeah. Um, truck is causing you problems because it doesn't fit your budget. Oh, that's like right. And Four dollars a Taylor kid. Taylor was nice enough to get you the Snoopy snow cone machine. Right. The snow cone truck was coming like every day in our neighborhood. <laughs> and it's like eight dollars total for my kids every day. I'm like, I'm not doing that every day. That's a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, so, Taylor, you were kind enough to buy a Snoopy snow cone machine for us, yes. for our kids. Iconic. Yeah. I guess it was a big deal. A while back. Back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> Not a big deal now. <laughs> I'd never seen it before. I kids, no with their, kids with their iPhones. <laughs> Is there an app for it? So we opened it up the other day and used it for the first time. Yeah. And uh, 
It's a lot of work. <laughs> Thanks, Taylor. <laughs> the, so you have to cranking. like what's the that cranking? Cr- yeah, that crank yes. is no joke. It's no joke. <laughs> the kids can't do it. It has to be mommy and daddy. I don't think they're quite strong enough to oh, break no. the ice with it. My arm was sore afterwards. I wonder if you could let the ice soften just a scotch first. Well, then you have kids. Kids aren't patient enough for that. Well, and by the time you get the thing, the little paper cone filled, it's all melted. Yeah. Well, you look at it, it comes with these really small cups. You're like, oh, that's kind of small. Uh-huh. But after all that cranking, you're like, oh, that's fine. That's plenty. Right, that's all. Go. I'm good with that. You get a slush cone by the time you're done, not a snow cone. And then apparently I poured way too much of the syrup on it, and it was just like pure syrup. Oh, My wife's no. like, what are you doing? The kids it? loved. Oh, yeah. They're just, they're just covered in red syrup all over their face. And now, as a matter of fact, they're like, forget the ice. Just give us the syrup. Yeah. We just have yeah. <laughs> well, what's funny is I was trying to pre- do a preemptive strike on that because I know how healthy your wife is, and mm-hmm. like the, your child's first food was avocado, yeah. not rice cereal. So I found these healthy recipes for Griff. Where you like make your syrup out of like watermelon or strawberries, and it's like all pure yeah. ingredients. So that can't compete have to with the syrup. <laughs> that can't compete with no, the syrup. They've gotten a taste Come of it. They we should have started back. with that. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, it's, it tastes natural. <laughs> Man, I've been making parents' life difficult for for years now. I'm glad I have this legacy about me. Yeah, you have. The tradition continues. <laughs> Did you know that one in four married couples sleep in separate bedrooms? What? Coming up, how does that affect the kids? Hey, do you and your other half sleep in the same bed? This is interesting. According to a new survey, one in four couples sleep in separate bedrooms. And experts say husbands and wives shouldn't be ashamed because often it's one of the best things you can do for your marriage because snoring, different sleep schedules, and getting up to use the bathroom a lot can keep you awake. And sleep deprivation usually leads to more conflict in your marriage. Hmm. There's no research that suggests that couples who sleep apart for the purpose of better sleep have any less romantic intimacy than couples who share a bed. But how does this uh, affect the kids? You know, because on TV, all the couples are in the same bed. And I've heard of stories where kids grow up like mom and dad are in separate bedrooms because mom snores. And then they have friends over and they're like, what? Your parents don't sleep in the same bedroom? Hmm. And so it can be a little socially awkward, but they say what you can do, parents can model love for each other with words, affection, snuggling and more so that they don't their kids don't develop any insecurities about your commitment to each other. Hmm. Only thing that would drive Tracy and I to do that would be our five dogs. Because we have a king-size bed, and I'll tell you, sometimes finding just a little square to sleep in, because they all jump up on the bed. The dogs need a separate bedroom. They do. They do. <laughs> it's a battle every night. So there was a, a phrase that I had heard a million times before COVID came, and it was, they were talking about not judging people for how they were choosing to live through COVID. And the, and the phrase they used was, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. Same thing's true, I think, with this topic we're talking about, of couples that choose to sleep in separate bedrooms for one reason or the other. You don't know what you don't know. Yep. So if that's you, would you be willing to be a little vulner- vulnerable and call in and tell us about what's going on in your house and, and why that's the decision and how it works for you guys? Hello, it's Kevin and Taylor. Hi, Kevin. This is Angela. I was calling about the husbands and wives sleeping in separate beds. Yeah, I guess it's now one in four couples who do it just so they can get some shut-eye because of all the snoring and stuff. That is definitely true. That is definitely true. My husband and I do sleep in separate bedrooms um, for more than one reason, uh, because he does snore. 
but mm-hmm. I also have insomnia, so I'm up a lot during the night. Oh, so for yeah. him, he has to be up at four o'clock in the morning to be at work. Okay. So I I sleep in a separate bed just so I don't keep him awake. <laughs> Yeah. So my question for you then, like Taylor was saying, is there's a lot in that news story, there tends to be judgment from people outside of your home. Have you ever experienced that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. There, uh, I get comments like, I can't believe you sleep in separate beds. Why? And they understand what I tell them, but what you said about uh, showing affection and everything in front of the kids, we definitely do that. We hug, we, you know, we give each other kisses. That's we we awesome. do show that we are a couple yeah. in front of the children. Very much in love. Sometimes to the point where my kids are like, oh, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have someone really, really close to me that I'm not going to name just in case she doesn't want to be outed on the radio. But she has snored since she was a kid. Hmm. And she snores at a decibel level to where her husband was getting zero sleep. And they've got kids so the only thing left is she is she put a twin bed in her craft room hmm. and that's where she sleeps at night because like you, her husband has to get up early for work and he wow. just was his health was failing because he wasn't getting any sleep. But they're still well, very much in love and they have three kids it, and everything's it, good. It is very true. It is very true. The snoring can run you out too. Uh, my <laughs> husband does have, does have sleep apnea. Uh, and, and as Kevin said, we have dogs. <laughs> the dogs will run us out as well. Uh, well. Thanks for sharing your life with us. Maybe yeah. someone listening doesn't feel so alone. Yeah, and I love you guys. You just make my day. It's Kevin and Taylor. I might need a little help with the pronunciation on your name. It's it's Adenica? Yes. Wow, what a unique name. I love it. Well, Adenica, we're talking about couples who choose to sleep in different rooms and trying to trying to shine some light on that and, and uh, understand what's going on so people don't judge so much. What's happening with you guys? I am one of those couples. I've been married 20 years. My husband is a terrible snorer. Um, he's got some condition that makes him snore and he refuses to wear the CPAP because it makes him uncomfortable. Mm. And so we see he sleeps downstairs, I sleep upstairs, but I don't see the reason for judgment because it doesn't stop love, it doesn't stop action. We have three children and we are happy. I think that's the main thing that people need to take away. Exactly. That whatever works for your marriage, whatever makes you happy, whatever keeps you going, you know? Yeah. That's sure. such a good point. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. And they, they so say experts, each other. Yeah, and experts say as long as you're showing love to, you know, in front of the kids, like snuggles and, and kisses, and they know that everything's okay with mom and dad. Right, well, and as they get older, they too see the snoring, and they're like, oh, Lord, dad. <laughs> they want him to go sleep out in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> One family road trip is all it takes. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.